to the ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome on board the Ghost Train, the podcast that explores the eerie and creepy world of the paranormal. I'm your host with the most, Drew Broda. Before we get started, I wanted to thank everyone for all the support you've been showing me here on the Ghost Train. It's literally been amazing. If you enjoy today's show, I'd love to hear from you. Share it with me on my social media, Instagram at Ghost Train Podcast, Twitter at Ghost Train PC, or Facebook, you can search Ghost Train Podcast. Let me know what you liked, or let me know if there's a topic that you're interested in hearing about on a future show. That way I can mold this podcast into the best paranormal show out there. Okay, here we go. This week I chatted with Jack. He's an investigator with Phantasma Paranormal. I love that name, by the way. Jack had some amazing stories. After a few investigations, he and his girlfriend found out quickly that something had followed them home. And if that wasn't creepy enough for you, just wait. During the conversation Jack and I had, you can actually hear a really loud, snarly, growly sound come through. I found this while editing the show. Neither of us heard this in real time. It totally freaked me out when I was listening to it on my headphones alone at home. I'll just say this. The two of us were sitting on couches, not moving at all. I don't know what this noise is, and I'll leave it up to you, the listeners and passengers on board the ghost train. Next stop, a ghost followed me home. All aboard! Jack, welcome to the ghost train. You've had some pretty creepy stories go on in your life so far. You've had things happen when you were younger. You've started your own paranormal group, but let's go back to what started it all when you were 15 or 16 years old. Do you want to just tell us that story? Well, I, way before that, I was pretty much a devout skeptic. Like, I never believed in anything like aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, nothing like that. Mostly because, like, I'm just a very open-minded person. I, I just, I'm more something I believe in something if I really see it and if I experience it for myself. But I think, I think a lot of a lot of people are like that. You don't want to just believe something to believe it. You, most of the people that are on the show or believe in ghosts in general have had some sort of experience with it, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. That's you're, yeah, no different than anyone else. So what, what was going on? Was the home that you were living in kind of a spooky house to to begin with? Well, the house that I lived in, it was well, it wasn't necessarily a house. We lived in a restaurant, so we had so going up the stairs, it was like above an amusement arcade. So we went up the stairs, you had the restaurant, the kitchen, then you go up another flight of stairs, you got the living room, our kitchen, then you go up another flight of stairs, then you had the bedrooms and the top bathroom. So yeah, a lot of walking. So there's probably a reason why I was quite skinny. <laughs> right <laughs> so, on. Um, yeah, so we had that and. I found out afterwards that it was actually a place where they took all the wounded soldiers to because it was one of the worst hit places during like World War Two and World War One. So they took a lot of the soldiers back there for when they had to have the operations done, try and save lives. I lost a lot of life there because it was also a funeral home, I believe, as well. Oh, God. So, yeah, I was going to say, because you're calling from, from Devon in the UK. Yeah. And everyone that I talked to from the UK, there's just so much history there. Because of the war, just because of everything that's that's happened, you guys are just kind of like the hub of the paranormal, it seems. Lots yeah. of castles, lots of, I don't know, it just has that unique kind of vibe to it. And like you're saying, this place, the building that you grew up in was just, it was so many different things throughout history, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, I, I didn't even know that at the time. I had no idea until years later when we left and when we moved. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. And so, so then, what what started happening to you? 
So you'd come home, you'd try and stay up super late, right? Yeah, like, yeah, just like I was like when like when you're young, I was like a really big TV buff, and I like, wanted to stay up as late as possible. And now that I'm older, I just want to get to bed like as soon as seven o'clock hits. <laughs> well, like no. I was telling you, I appreciate you staying up and, and uh, waiting for me. So it's five o'clock my time. What time is it there? Or five twenty uh, here? It's ten twenty p.m. here. There we go. Right. So this is past your seven thirty bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sure I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so what kind of started happening to you? Well, it was, wasn't until I was about sixteen that had, I'd say, it was my first ever paranormal experience ever, and that's like, something I can never, never forget. I can never scrub it out of my brain ever. I always remember it. <laughs> Jeez. So something super scary? Um, it was definitely scary when it happened, but I wouldn't say the experience itself was scary. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Um, so I was up watching TV from about sort of midnight, I switched TV off, ended up just drifting off to sleep, kind of like half asleep, some of in between dreaming and being awake. So fell asleep and I kind of, it's like the feeling when you get, when you think, is there someone stood behind me? So you naturally just turn around and look. So yeah. I had the feeling as if, um, maybe my mum came in to check on me or something like that. And so I opened up my eyes and... Probably about, I'd say about 20 centimeters away from my face, I had a woman in a white, in a white nightgown, with long flowing blonde, blondy white hair, like in front of me. But with, I couldn't see a mouth or a nose, but I could see the eyes. So there was one thing that was really um, stood out to me. It's just the eyes. Oh God. Yeah. And what did this look like? What did the what did the uh, eyes look like? Well, like, I could see it just had like the dark circles, but also you know that sort of puffy fit, that puffy look in the eyes where it looks like somebody's been crying. It looked like that as well, and I could see that was the like the blue eyes of this woman. I could see the white in the eyes really clearly, extremely clearly. It's something, and I could see like all the strands in her hair. I could see all the wrinkles in the eyes. I could. So she looked, she looked real. She was like a real. Full I could have sworn there was a real person in my room with me. Oh. And she was. So you said she was 20 centimeters away from your face, roughly. Yeah, 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 about 26 and centimeters away from my face. Were you laying on? Were you laying on your back or were you on your side? Like, was she hovering over top of you or were, was she just beside your bed looking at you? Uh, I was on. I was on my back and she was on my left side. Oh my god. Yeah. I would like I was telling you like I had I've had sleep paralysis in in my life and I've had to witness someone floating over top of me and they were also probably about a few centimeters away from my face at one point but yeah you're basically sleeping beside this spirit right yeah not really, you're, not, yeah. you're not sleeping anymore I should say and were you able to go back to bed? Like, what did you do? Did you just lay there and you're like, who the hell? Like, what? what's going on? Nah, TV went straight back on. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night after that. Oh, my God. And did she dissipate? Like, what made you believe that, okay, this was a spirit that I saw? Well, I was just staring at this woman's face. And I probably stared at her for a good five or six seconds, I think. And I can't explain it whether I, I don't know if I if I blinked or if she just disappeared, but just 
what, like a few seconds there, next second gone. So I couldn't really, I stayed on most of the night trying to make sense of exactly what I saw. And I ended up, I had to run to my notebook and draw what I saw because I was always like a really good artist. So I drew yeah, yeah. down instantly what I saw. I drew all the details in the face that I could remember. So I had to, I was in shock, but I had to run to my book and. <laughs> The fact that you were able to actually get out of bed, some people would be so terrified and frozen that they couldn't even get out of bed to move, right? Yeah, but you're so, to get you're out. so scared, I can't scream or anything. That's the whole thing. And some people have never experienced that, but your your body just doesn't work. You're trying to tell it your body scream or yell, but you can't. And you're trying to like move, and you can't even move because you're you're paralyzed by fear. It's like an actual thing that can happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> which is which is crazy. Wow. You saw her that one time. Have you seen her again, or do you still see her, or is or is that over? Did she was she like following you, or is she just with that house? Do you think? No, I think just with the house. But I did see her again. It was probably about a year after. Yeah. And what happened in that case? Well, because she was was um situated in the the experiences that my stepdad told me that it was always in the top in the top floor where the bedrooms were. So. Mm-hmm. I assume she just lingered up there, but we was in preparations to move. So I didn't have very much in my room when we was moving. I had like my bed and my wardrobe and just the TV in there. So we didn't have much in there because we were moving within a few days. And right. so I went down, went down the stairs to where the, where the kitchen was to get a drink. I was going back upstairs to where I could watch. Pretty sure I was watching Most Haunted, I think. Great yeah. show. Yeah. I wonder if that influenced it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I ended up, ended up going up the stairs, but it was kind of, I'm not sure how I knew, but sort of touching the door handle, thinking, should I actually go in this room? What am I going to see? And so I kind of like cracked the door open just a little bit, but only um, stuck one eye and like peeped through the side of the door and I just saw this, the woman looking out the window. And, oh, she, man. Turned, and she, she turned to me just with this, wasn't so much sadness, it was more of a, like a happy sad, like I'm not sure if like maybe the spirit knew I was leaving and I was going, but that was the last time I ever saw this woman. She just kind of just dissipated, like kind of like cigarette smoke when it just fades away into the air. Oh man, I got chills right now. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And so your story kind of takes a really cool turn because you didn't share this with anyone. No, I, I never told a soul just because I wasn't sure if like anybody would believe me if I told them. Yeah. And the fact that – so some of the listeners might have thought, oh, the first story, you were asleep, and you just dreamed that, right? I could maybe see that that could be the case, but the fact that you were able to just get straight up and, and start drawing this picture kind of, to me, validates that you were you were awake. But this yeah. next one completely validates that you see her again, and you're completely awake. You're downstairs getting a drink. You walk back upstairs, and she's in your room, yeah. right? So that, to me, just says – this is a real spirit that's living in with you in your home and you just saw her. I knew, yeah, I just saw her twice, but I never, I never ever felt threatened by her. I just think she was just maybe curious of who I was. Right. Yeah. And that's valid too on her part because she may have been living in the house before you. And, yeah. and then I was just like, who the hell is this guy living in my room now? Right. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. But yeah, so I was saying your story gets validated by your stepfather. Yes. So tell me that part of the story. Well, 
I was driving up to Reading. I was going to go see my dad, my brother, my sister, well, my family event. Like we just were just talking of just about random stuff, and I was like, "Have you ever seen a ghost or anything like that?" I was just asking, like just doing small talk like that, and he was telling me about, "Well, Jack, I saw something when we was living back at the restaurant," and I was like, oh, "Okay, what you saw?" And said, so, "Well, the craziest thing happened. I was laying in bed. I was mm-hmm. I was completely asleep, and I could feel the bed shaking." And I was like, well, what happened? And he said, well, open up my eyes. And I just saw this woman in a white nightgown with white hair, just there, just looking at me and your mum. And I was like, I've seen the same person twice. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the fact I didn't like say immediately, I saw the same thing. I was trying to probe him for more information to see if it was the same spirit that we saw. And he pretty much described all the details, which I did, which really freaked me out. <laughs> Man, did you show him the drawing that you did? I did, yeah. Holy crap. That's got to be – that's amazing, man. That's an awesome story. The fact that two of you saw the same spirit and you never talked about it until years later. That's yeah. awesome. Validation that these spirits are out there. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty much like ever, like ever since then, I was like – Okay, yeah, I, I believe. There has to be something to this, I believe. <laughs> so you and Dina are Phantasma Paranormal team. Yeah. What, what kind of places are you investigating? We've explored quite a few um, churches, cemeteries, but now we're digging into more the kind of thing where like, our first like, unofficial investigation was we didn't even plan on doing this. I just had some of like, the equipment that I had with me, and we just thought I was taking her to a hotel, things like right that. Right on. So, and we it got, was a special uh, occasion. Yeah, exactly. Before we got there, we arrived at the hotel and I was looking up some of the information about the hotel and it was a good thing. It was like kind of like a stroke of luck, I think, because the original hotel we was going to stay at, for some reason, something happened there and we couldn't stay there. So I had to quickly book another place, finding out that we actually booked the most haunted place in that town where we were staying. No way, that's crazy. And I I take my PSP7 and EMF me and stuff like that with me. I never leave the house without it because I never know where (laughs) I'm going to go. Yeah, impromptu ghost hunt, right? Yeah, I said to her, we have to do something tonight. We have to. So I was like, do you want to just like explore around the hotel and see where we can find and what we can do? She's like, yeah, go for it. And so we ended up just wandering around the place and we switched on one of the main apps that we use for spirit communication, which Mm -hmm. we did for about an hour session and did a Ouija board session as well. So... Yeah, that was... Is anything the, coming through on the Ouija board? Didn't get very much movement on the Ouija board, but through the app which we were using, we ended up getting a few things which I was write, writing down on a notepad. Okay. And we had a few things come up. We had door, fire, and up. Door, fire, and up. We had that at least three times come through on the box, and we couldn't really make out why, didn't understand it, so and we was quite tight, so we went to bed, and I decided to search it the next day. Yeah. And... I came across some information after loads of probing on the internet. I found there was actually a, there was actually a fire that happened right above the room that we was doing the session in. So oh, no, that kind of makes sense. That's crazy. <laughs> That's know. crazy. You're getting like big time communication through this this app that you're using. Yeah. And a lot of people sometimes try and discredit these phone apps and things like that, but the some of them are legit some of them aren't i talked to someone else about this and they were saying no some of them they do actually work and you can't discredit everything before you try it no i've been i've been told the same thing like i've had some friends that like said to me 
like I don't tr- I don't trust them because of this and that and whatever. But I was like, thing is, I don't think you trust it because it's an app. Like yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. kind of have this uh, this idea that it's kind of been tampered with and there's all different phonics and phrases yeah. on the inside of it. But the only thing is, when I've done sessions myself, which are up on the YouTube channel right now, that we've got a communication through these apps that is extremely valid. So when you get really valid direct responses to yourself, it's kind of like, how can you doubt, how can you doubt it when it's so direct? <laughs> yeah. It's coming through fire. How do you explain that really? Right. Um, and also, you know, just saying like, how can you discredit it when it says your name? Like, how can you discredit this? That's, yeah. It's crazy. It, yeah, it's a, it's a really complicated world. I could go on forever about that. But. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. So you stayed at this hotel and you got that great communication that you were doing. And you did one about two weeks ago you were telling me about. Yes. So let's hear that story. Well, thing is, like, we're always looking for new places, especially around where we live. There's so many like haunted places around here that we're just like, we have to go check these out at some point. You know, oh, absolutely. Just see, just see what they're all about to ourselves. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so she ended up finding this place that one of her friends told her about and said it was called High Week Cemetery in Newton Abbott. So it was like, yeah, okay, we'll go there one evening. So we hiked, hiked all the way up there. It took us about half an hour to get there. And I've never seen so many headstones in my life. This place was so big and it kind of looked oh, out over the, um, the town as well, which was pretty awesome. Great. So, yeah. So we did kind of a whole sweep of the EMF meal, just wandering around, just taking a few photos filming some video that we could use um some footage in like a little small segment a small segment of when i did the editing afterwards so it's definitely without out one of the most uncomfortable places i've ever been i never like felt comfortable going there even before we went and i'm not exactly sure why but i think i found out why afterwards <laughs> yeah so this happened two weeks ago and what's been going on recently at your own house well it was kind of things started to happen right after we got home so so we got back home about half past eight mm-hmm. so we got back home i just finished up making dinner and everything diana was downstairs like washing up some of the dishes and i went upstairs to have a look through all the stuff we got and i hadn't even been looking through any of the evps or anything like that i hadn't even searched that. i was just going through the photos and the videos as mm-hmm. like more i was going through the shadow man which we which we caught on the camera and I just heard Diana downstairs shouting for me to come downstairs like right away, and I was like, "What's the, I was like, what's the matter? Have you dropped? Have you dropped something? Like, what's going? What's going on?" I didn't really take much notice of it, but she was like, "Please, like, come downstairs now." So wow. like, obviously, I, I ran downstairs thinking something was really badly wrong, and I just stopped at the bottom of the stairs, and and she was just like, "Jack, there's so many people like." there's so many people in the living room and i was like what do you mean there's so many people in the living room but it wasn't until i crossed the threshold of like stairs and it was probably the most uncomfortable feeling that i've ever had inside my own house i kind of when you're stuck in a large group of people and you can't get out of it it's a bit yeah. like that and it was just, just claustrophobic yeah the most claustrophobic feeling ever and she was just stuck rigid she was just rigid with fear and i was like are you okay oh she was like no i'm really not okay they need to leave or like who needs to leave or like the spirits that are in our house <laughs> wow is she sensitive to this stuff then i'm guessing yeah she is incredibly sensitive to this stuff oh my god she was only feeling people there she wasn't seeing them no she was only like feeling the energy wow that's crazy 
So did you guys try and remove them from the home? Uh, yes, we did. So I ended up instantly switching on a ghost box, which we had, and because I know after so much, so many sessions, I know who my spirit guides are and who my protectors are. I asked for my one spirit guide, which is called Peter. So he's one of my spirit guides who I've spoke to so many times and done sessions with. Mm-hmm. I switched on the app and I tried to communicate with whoever was here who was asking questions. And I was saying, how many spirits have come back home with us? And we got a reply saying that nine. So it was nine spirits that followed us back home. Whoa. So, and I, and I think Deanna asked, do you have any bad intent in our house? And we got a voice coming back saying, we do. So oh, I, God. I had, to, had to do kind of a quick focus quick focus i was so frazzled and so stressed out that i was trying to focus on just trying to be calm as possible and i was saying yeah. like saying like we did saying i do not allow any spirits with any malevolent intent or any bad intentions to be in my house but where with the deepest respect you have to go back where you came from i don't want you here oh my god man do you find i know this was only two weeks ago but do you find like this has actually worked Feel it worked. I feel it worked for a time. I've had some strange EVPs come through in sessions that I've done, which I've posted recently, which yeah. I've kind of collaborated to it. But as far as the energy and so forth, I feel like that's. I feel, I'm pretty confident that's gone now. But yeah. the the weirdest thing is, is that I released the video. I think it was two days later, and I was going back through all the footage and everything i was running an app called necrophonic and okay. i was looking back through that i was blown away when we experienced what we experienced but then going back through and watching it two days later when we was told that spirit was going to follow us home and i had no idea till we looked back oh, through oh, the video oh. i was like they basically just told us they were going to follow us back <laughs> oh my god so what have you ever thought about like burning sage in your house and different types of things to try and get rid of them? Well, the handy thing in my relationship is my girlfriend's witch, so that's helpful. <laughs> oh my god, crazy! So, what kind of witchcraft does she practice? Practices white magic. Okay, very cool. How long yeah. has she been doing that for? Oh, she's been doing it for about ten years or so. Oh my god! Wow, crazy. So you also have your YouTube channel. It's called, it's called Fantastic Paranormal Investigators. But I saw today on your Instagram you were building a spirit box. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So how do you kind of even know what the hell you're doing with that? Oh, basically just guesswork and a lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, kind of for years, ever since I started to kind of believe in this stuff, I was always a um, very avid watcher of Steve Huff from Huff Paranormal. Okay. So, I've been watching him for so many years and seeing how far he's come up with spirit communication and ITC. So I was watching all the sessions that he did with using apps and using radios, with using the portal box, which he made, which I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's really cool. I'm like quite interested in that. So I ended up doing more research on it. And I was thinking, I have, like, I was thinking, when I'm using the PSP7 or when I'm using any kind of spirit device that has a lot of static, I want to get rid of that static because I can't hear all everything that's coming through. This is impossible. So I was like, what can I do? And then I thought back to one of Steve Huff's videos and I ended up watching that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have a go at doing this. This could really help. And mm. 
I came across um, Chill Seekers as well a little while back last year, and I saw a little device called a Banshee Box, which is similar to the portal. And I thought, okay, I really want to build this portal. I also would love to try this um, Banshee Box as well. So I basically started on Monday, and this is where I've got to so far. <laughs> oh, wicked. Yeah, you're doing awesome stuff. And I also wanted to talk about your clothing line. Yeah. Because your clothing <laughs> line has a paranormal feel to it, too. This is like the paranormal has kind of sent you. Now you have your ghost hunting. You have your YouTube channel. And you have your clothing line. Yeah. You're the triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> I love the clothing line. I was telling you earlier, I was like, I love the designs. Sleek, cool stuff. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that all got started. Well, I was thinking back to the kind of mentality when you got to think, you got to think on an artistic level as well, but you also got to think on a business level as well, how well your product's going to do. It's like when you're selling anything. Like, yeah. for example, say when a band is trying to get their name out, when they're trying to get their music out into the world, into the public, what's the thing they probably do the most than doing music, which is merchandise. So even if a band is, even if people are not buying their music, if their merchandise is really like catchy and looks good and people want to wear it, then they'll probably sell more merchandise than they'll end up making through that music. Oh, yeah. That'll make their next album. Yeah, it's kind of even like with um, some professional wrestlers as well in the WWE, like Finn Balor. I think in one year he made more money and he sold more merchandise than any other professional wrestler because it actually looked really good and how well it was doing. So it proves you can make so much money just out of like a product even if it's not necessarily related to what you're doing oh yeah yeah i love the designs that you're doing very simple but very cool looking at the same time right yeah we yeah frank meg from chaka studios for that <laughs> oh very cool yeah so the t-shirts are 10 pounds or 10 dollars right and then the sweaters are 20 pounds or 20 us dollars right yeah cool okay well one thing that like, i really want to talk about especially with a lot of new people in this game, but especially the whole like, YouTube thing as well. I've had, at first when we started the whole YouTube thing, I was thinking like, are people going to be interested in what we do? Like, how can you be, especially since now, like ITC and like Spirit Research has progressed so far with technology that using mixed with old combined with new technology and just ideas and thoughts. I mean, it's such a large extended world now. Mm-hmm. So watching people like Steve Huff chill seekers even guys like paranormal rider that i've been watching for a little bit so yeah paranormal rider really cool dude spoke to them a bunch of times absolutely honestly wicked channel if you have not seen it you have to go have a look at paranormal rider on youtube absolutely awesome stuff oh cool so, so it's kind of like growing on youtube it's that thing that i've seen a lot of different people that i've spoke to who do the same kind of work as we do they say like asking about like asking me like why am I not getting any traction in this whole YouTube thing, the paranormal, I'm putting out really good stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. the thing is, there is a lot of people that are doing the same kind of work that, that we're doing. There's probably thousands more doing what we do. But everybody's got their own different ideas. You know, if you really believe in it and you really want to push out what you're doing and coming up with new ideas and showing who you are as people as well, then yeah. they're going to go pretty far doing this. But then again, it's always about the evidence that you're getting and what ideas you have and how far you want to go with this. So if you got that mentality, then you will. 
I, I I agree with you. I think that if if you're putting out quality stuff, you're gonna get the traction and you're gonna get the followers. But at the same time, it shouldn't be all about getting the followers. It should just no, be that no. you're enjoying doing it. And it's like myself, like I'm relatively new in this podcast game, but I, I would love to have more listeners. So if you're out there and you're listening, tell a friend and yeah. uh, <laughs> go train a bit bigger. But uh, if that doesn't happen, I'm still I'm having a good time doing it and getting to meet new people and, and chat with like minded people as well. So it's like you know because i i have my own job aside from this like this isn't my job this is just why i just do this just because i love it and i'm yeah. happy doing it and, there you go and like, not earning money from this does not bother me i mean i'm spending my own money on equipment and trying to do the best i can to get the best evidence i can possible so sure. there's, that really weird, there's that really weird thing that a friend of mine told me which kind of rings true that for some reason, when you start earning money in the paranormal game, that you kind of lose some of your credibility, which does actually make a little bit of sense, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. I suppose maybe because, you're faking them. I don't know. I suppose when you see um, when you see certain shows about the paranormal, I'm not going to name names, but yeah. when you see some shows that are really hyped up, that are extremely hyped up to be scary and to be dark and like what man, whatever, but. I think some a lot of shows out there are so hyped up to be something that is not like my show. I don't want it to be scary. Like I had a friend, I had a friend of mine tell me that could you make it a bit more scarier? And like, well, that's not the point of me doing this. I'm doing this to show people <laughs> that your soul does exist after you yeah. die. Like, and the fact that what we're doing is quite an important piece of work that we do. Like, I want to show people it's not scary. That you don't have to fear death. That this hmm. is actually a really interesting world that you shouldn't fear what we do. That's a really cool way to put it, you know. It's exactly. uh, it, that's, a, that's a very different spin on it. So yeah. I think that's what makes your show a bit more unique. Yeah, I like yeah, I like to think so. I hope so. <laughs> so you were saying that you used the spirit box to communicate with the spirits in your house. Was this before you brought back those nine spirits? Did you start doing it after the? after that fact no i i started um switching it on as i was like running down the stairs actually oh yeah <laughs> okay yeah, yeah yeah and were you able to capture anything that night after i was like communicating with my spirit guide and asking the spirit box have they left and when i had to because i can't stress it enough when you do any kind of session with any kind of ghost box you have to record it when you do it you have to to listen to it back but yeah i was I was so stressed out and in the moment that I didn't even think to grab a camera or anything like that and film it. Okay. I didn't think to do that. So all you saw in the end of the video was just the aftermath and we we're just talking about what happened. Oh, but man. I had to ask my spirit guide, like, are the spirits here or are they gone? And I got confirmation that they left. So I felt a lot better after that and we slept really well. But it was definitely afterwards when we spoke about it the next day that it was quite a quite a weird experience <laughs> jeez yeah oh, that's nuts man well thanks so much for being on board the ghost train and yeah, i do urge, i do urge our friends that are, are listeners out there check out these shirts because they're they're fucking awesome man i really love them i want to support <laughs> i want to support the cause yeah and vice versa we'll support you as well <laughs> awesome i love it jack thanks so much for being on board the ghost train tonight and i know you gotta get to bed at some point so good luck sleeping yeah and thanks for having me yeah <laughs> anytime man
All right, that's all for the Ghost Train this week. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Do yourself a favor and check out Jack's clothing line on his Instagram at Phantasma Paranormal. I'm loving it. Really cool, sleek designs. And next week, a woman that loves to dine with ghosts, Amanda of Spook Eats, and I had an amazing chat about her super cool job and some of the haunted locations it's brought her so far. Don't forget to subscribe to the Ghost Train wherever you're listening to your podcasts. The more on board for this wild ride, the better. In the meantime, good luck sleeping tonight.